Hey guys, on this episode, Zach and I talk with Dee and Taylor of Redemptive Cycles, a nonprofit bike shop based here in Birmingham, Alabama. We discuss what it's like to keep their shop running smoothly, how they've handled some of the challenges of COVID, some of the different events and races they put on throughout the year, and of course, all the ways you could totally be killed on a bike. I think it was a really fun episode, and we learned a lot about the world of cycling culture here in Birmingham. Be sure to check us out on YouTube where you can watch this episode as well as others, or you can listen anywhere podcasts are available. This is Heavy Ultra. And we're live. We've got Dee and Taylor from Redemptive Cycles here hanging out with us. Guys, thank you for coming to chill. Yeah, welcome. Absolutely. Um, I bought a bike from you guys about three months ago. I think it was you. Uh, your oh. glasses uh, stand out to me. It reminds me. Um, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. I've had a lot of fun riding it, like uh, doing mountain biking and stuff. No. But I'm kind of foreign to the world of cycling in Birmingham. I don't cycle like downtown and through the streets or anything like that. But uh, I've tried to learn a little bit about your organization, and I thought it'd be rad to have you guys come on and kind of tell us a little bit about Redemptive. So how long have you guys been working there? Uh, I have been there about three years. I've been involved volunteering off and on for several years, but um, during a lot of the formative times, I was living in Shelby County. So it was, you know, come up for trample and be involved a little bit. Um, but I started working at the shop um, late 2019, which was, no, late 2018. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, 2019 was my, together. I got one year to practice and then the pandemic happened. And, uh, oh <laughs> man. Crazy. How long has Redemptive been around? Uh, we technically like 2010, 2011, um, but I think it's estimated or estimated, established 2012 is when we got our 501. I think, I think, don't quote me on that. Um, we've been in the location we're in for about eight years now, uh, and we're coming up on our, what we call our 10 year anniversary soon. So 2012. Dude, well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, who started the organization? Is that person still with you guys or with Redemptive? Uh, any capacity? So, so Marcus Fetch started it way back. Um, he was working out of his. I guess he was working for a construction company at the time. Pull that a little closer. Oh, sorry. Um, so Marcus was working for a, a construction company at the time, and then his boss was letting him run it out of the warehouse. The I guess where they kept all their stuff at, and so it was like open one Saturday or so a month or maybe like every weekend for God knows how long. Um, and then they moved to the same building we're at now. Um, and we were like three or four doors down when Extreme Fitness was on the very corner. And then it was us. And then Magic City Motor Scooters. Well, when did the Magic City Motor Scooters? Um, when Faith was was at the old building before they, I guess it was their in-between time where Yo Mama's and uh, Urban Standard was. Oh, yeah. Is where Faith used to be. Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then they moved down to um, the Acme building where we're at now, and, um, and now they're where they're at. But uh, so Marcus was around there for a little bit afterward. Um, I think he kind of took like a hands-off thing after the shop started running really well um, when we had – Three good employees. We had Furman, Erica, and uh, Ryan, and uh, and then I think he just stepped back to the board, and then I think he's just on the board now, um, and he's just kind of out exploring the world right now. But he's but still it. involved, I guess. With yeah, a little dip- bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He helps with like our tall bike joust stuff and designing things from time to time. Okay, cool. E- ever a hype man, always yes. a hype man. <laughs> well, Redemptive's cool because you actually are you're a nonprofit bike share. Th- 
thing. What what exactly what sets you apart from other bike shops like you know Cahaba Cycles or something, for example? Well, you 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 nailed it. We're a nonprofit bike shop. Um, we're the closest thing that Birmingham has to a bike co-op. Um, though we're kind of a hybrid concept in the sense that we run a rather straightforward retail space as a means to fundraise for our charitable efforts. Um, so we exist as the retail space, but also the 501c3 organization, and there's a little bit of overlap there. Um, basically, everyone that works in the shop also has duties on the 501c3 thing. So, uh, for example, I'm shop manager, but I also call myself the program coordinator because I run the earn a bike and sliding skill programs, uh, which we can talk about those in a second. Uh, let's see. And Taylor, of course, is our head mechanic, um, but he also is a volunteer coordinator. Mm. Okay. But you guys both work for the shop. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, like, full time mechanic for that's yeah. cool man that that's an awesome job random. oh yeah no it, it's a sweet gig dude that'd be great so what's a what's a typical day look like for you do people just bring in can anyone bring in their bike that's broken mm -hmm. and just hey I, oh yeah you know, um, broke a sprocket or whatever yeah so i mean like we have like a completely normal um same as dropping off your car and or going to any other bike shop that like there's on the on the spot repairs that can be done and then there's also stuff that it's like okay well this is going to take me a couple days to do my bike just got ran over by a bus right can you yeah. uh have it, it by noon wash the blood sure, off sure i'll get right on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no i mean it just functions like a normal normal bike shop you can come in and do walk-ins and or leave stuff that needs to be scheduled out and or really deep dive complete tear aparts and put back together that kind of stuff so how big is the team like, do you guys, I'm sure you guys stay pretty busy, so. Yeah, um, there was originally three of us, and then in the past couple of years, we've been able to get some part-time folks on, um, especially for the summer and through the pandemic, we needed help. Sure, yeah. Um, but so, there's, yeah, there's three of us, and then um, two part-time folks at the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And you are able to handle the, the load of bikes. Kind of, yeah. Okay, <laughs> kind of. Uh, every day's every day different and has its own challenges, so it it takes a lot. So where do you guys get most of the bike? I know like you guys have a lot of used bikes and stuff and, and the bike that I bought, um, I may have even spoke to you when I called on the phone, I was just looking for a bike and looking sure. to get into cycling a little bit and, you know, more mountain biking. Um, and you were like, yeah, we got this like retro nineties, uh, full suspension GT bike. I think it'd be great. And I told you I was about six foot tall. I was like, do y'all have anything that would fit me? You're like, I got one bike. Yeah. And it's a cool, one. and it was cool, man. It's been awesome. And, uh, I'm sure if that bike could talk, you know, I think we looked it up and it was like. Uh, like a 95 model or 94 model or something Ooh. like that. So it's yeah. been around a long time. Um, really early in the, the full suspension design. Um, but actually, uh, it's still to this day a good design and basically indestructible as long as you you know keep track of your bushings and stuff. But that rear shock's never going to fail you. Sweet. Well, I don't have anything to compare it to. So, I mean, I've been having a lot of fun riding on it and stuff. Um, but you said that you guys have like a uh, uh, an earn, earn a bike yeah. situation. Where, am I saying that right? Earn a bike with the EAB. Um, okay. So you asked where most, most of our bikes come from, and we do sell new bikes, um, like a traditional bike shop. Um, uh, the vast majority of the bikes that we, we process through the shop um, are donations, uh, which, of course, is a 51 c 3 We can give tax receipts, um, and most of those feed into the Earn-A-Bike program, but some do get reconditioned uh, for sale to fund the programs, like Earn-A-Bike and Sliding Scale. Um, and sometimes, you know, people who are incredibly generous and um, believe in the mission will donate things like nice road bikes, which don't make a lot of sense for the earn bike program, but they are a great way to raise funds and to help uh, people in Birmingham get into the sport since we pride ourselves on uh, keeping the bikes that we sell affordable. Um, particularly through the pandemic with prices on everything rising, we were just like, no, we're just going to stay the course and be us about it, um, which I'm really proud of. Yeah, um, that's, that's really cool. So you said people donate like a nice road bike and it's not really a 
um, doesn't really fit the profile of what you are looking for. How so? What do you mean by that? Well, when you're trying to pick something for someone that's going through the Earn a Bike program, you want something that is very durable, something that won't fail them, something that is practical to ride around in a city. Um, if I had my druthers and all the funding that I, I could ever want, um, everyone that did the Earn a Bike would get a brand new 700C hybrid. Uh, maybe one day. We'll, we'll see. Grow the organization. Just like a good middle of the road. Yeah, uh, like a do anything. No pun intended. Um, but what we really focus on are older mountain bikes, um, particularly the rigid variety from the 90s. Um, but, you know, front suspension back then, single coil, is also pretty durable. We focus on 26-inch bikes because the tires are plentiful and affordable. Everything's easy to fix. The smaller your wheel is, technically, the stronger it is. Thank you, physics. Um, so we're, we're trying to focus on things that we can fix and put into the hands of people that need something that is reliable. Uh, road bikes are... I'm not going to say unreliable, but they present challenges. Um, in the What's run. the major difference? For somebody who doesn't understand the, the big difference between a road bike versus a mountain bike, I mean, obviously the suspension, I guess, is a big deal. Oh, well, sure. Versus a rigid frame, but what are the main differences? Well, it, it gets even a little weird since we're, we're focusing on older mountain bikes and then the sport has divided into a ton of different so disciplines. So there's a whole plethora of bikes. Yes, up. but okay. very generally, um, an older mountain bike has more in common with a current hybrid than it does with a modern mountain bike. Um, the position's going to be relatively upright. It's going to have a fairly raked out fork. It's going to be fairly stable. Um, whereas a road bike is going to have you hunched over. Uh, particularly older road bikes put you into a more aero position, aero meaning. Tour de France. Uh, yeah. Aerodynamic, okay. uh, yeah. yes. All right. Uh, which they are fast and they do the thing, but they're not comfortable and they're not super practical. I can understand if you don't know how to ride it, probably be easier to, to wreck being in that forward position, maybe. Or... Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe, there, I don't know. There are some dudes out there rocking road bikes, and that is their their preference. And some of these dudes are incredibly fast, like Chicago. Oh like, yeah, yeah. That that man. Whew. If I could get him like a like a current gen Tour de France sort of machine, that you'd never catch him. Is this a local dude. Uh, or, yeah, he's uh, a a frequent flyer. I think is what we've kind of like coined them over the years. Of like okay. folks that have like been coming through the shop, like I mean, literally since I started working there five yeah. six years ago. Gotcha. He's a. a Gentleman experiencing homelessness who's, of course, taken uh, advantage of the services that we provide at the shop. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just rides his bike, uses it every day, survives on it. Uh, but he very much prefers the road bike. So you do you do occasionally run into folks like that. Um, but we try to focus on things that are practical just to make sure that the people are getting something that, like I said, isn't going to fail them. Bigger tires. They don't fall into the cracks. They're more likely to survive potholes and stuff like that. Yeah, because road bikes have those real narrow, mm -hmm. thin tires. I guess those are easier to tear up and stuff, run yeah. into a yeah, curb yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, so how does the Earn a Bike program work exactly? Uh, so we are partnered with various missions in town. Um, some of the, the more notable ones, uh, Brother Brian is right down the street from us, uh, Firehouse, which has uh, moved a few blocks down, but still nearby in Fountain Heights or other side of 65 from Fountain Heights. Um, Jimmy Hill, the Salvation Army, a, a couple of the rehab programs, though I am pretty flexible on where people do their community service hours. So generally, it's just a conversation with me. I'm not going to hardline them into going to a particular place. It all starts with service. I don't really care where you do it so long as the service gets done. Um, but how it works is we ask people to go and do eight hours of community service. Um, generally speaking, a lot of the, the men and women are already involved in these programs, so it's pretty straightforward for them to go to their program coordinator and tell them that they're doing our Earn a Bike program, which, you know, we're all familiar with each other. <clears throat> Pardon me. 
Uh, and then once they have their eight, they come to me and we will uh, schedule them for their final four where they help us out in the shop, uh, you know, cleaning and organizing, but also I'll make sure that they'll have the opportunity to hang out with uh, Erica and Taylor in the back and learn as much as they care to. Um, just have an opportunity to learn to fix their own bike, ask questions, um, stuff Sweet. like that. Dude, that's awesome. I need to come spend some time with you because I don't know the first thing about working on my bike. <laughs> like, if something were to break, I would just have to bring it to you guys and be like, can you fix this? We, uh, we have mechanics classes and stuff yeah. that we offer. Um, okay. We do a class uh, last Wednesday of the month that pretty regularly. Um, and we also have like a master's class that we offer. A master's class. Master's class. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's do I need a master's class to work on my bike? No. No. no okay. No, no. Uh, it just helps. It's like everything from snout to tail on a bike, just kind sure. of knowing everything that you'd ever want to know. Um, Here's how get, to mold your own tires. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but like you just get to listen to Erica and I ramble for eight hours, which is great. Dude, that's epic, man. It's for a hundred bucks. So mint. <laughs> Very hands-on. We, we limit it to six people because we have six stands in the back. So uh, if you go through our master's mechanics class, you're it's hand, hands-on learning. You're wow. going to be doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Master's mechanics class. That's crazy. Yeah. We occasionally have more bespoke classes, too. And uh, this is one of the things we've been most looking forward to getting past the pandemic is we can start doing this. Um, yeah. we, we focus a lot on education. For example, you come in to get a, a flat change. If you want me to narrate what I'm doing while I change your flat, I am happy to do that. Um, if you want to watch a mechanic, do something to your bike. We are happy to have you do that. Um, in a perfect world, you know, bike shops don't have to exist because we can all fix our own stuff. Not very practical, but <laughs> we definitely want to help people be able to, uh, you know, self-actualize. Yeah, cool. Um, how many bikes do you guys do, uh, you know, per year with the rent, the, the earn a bike program? Um, Any idea? I, I, it averages about 150 to 180 a year. Wow. So that's a lot of bikes that you guys are essentially giving away. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually are giving away yeah. with a lock and lights and a helmet if they'll take it. Hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of bikes, man. So do you guys have enough donations and bikes that are coming in? Do y'all go buy bikes? Do y'all go to like bike swaps and, and load up on bikes that people don't want or something? Uh, I mean, nothing ever like that. No, typically we do get enough donations. Um, and we'll just we'll make something happen worst yeah. comes to worst like absolutely everybody gets a bike who does earn a bike but y'all aren't no doing like thrift store hopping and just like trying no. to look for bikes that you could bring back to the I'm shop and fix man. up i'm not against time, time but... i'm not against the idea i just don't have the time or the energy to sure. do it dude, that's um, crazy um dude, that's awesome that's a lot more than i thought i thought it'd be like 20 or 30 per year or something like that is there a huge demand? I mean, do y'all have like anybody that wants to get a bike that maybe can't get one or is there any kind of waiting list or anything like that um, with the pandemic, it's been a little, I mean, it's been a little weird. We did fewer last year than we normally would, and we're picking up. We're on track for a, a pretty normal year um, this year. With the, the heat, it's all weird. Um, but, I mean, for example, we gave two bikes away today. Sometimes we get double scheduled. Um, Dude, that's got to be a cool feeling, giving somebody a bike, and they're like, this is my bike. It's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Nice. That's cool. So I know when the pandemic hit, we interviewed uh, Peter Carvinen of Faith Skate Supply, and he mm-hmm. said he saw record sales. You know, obviously you can't do group activities, but it lends itself really well to like individual activities, biking, skateboarding. Everybody's um, trying to get outside. Yeah, yes. kayaking, man. We couldn't find kayaks, um, dude. Yes. Oh my gosh, the hunt for kayaks. Was outdoor, crazy. outdoor recreation as a sector was just exploded. It, it, but not a fun sector to work in. <laughs> I can't imagine. But with that happening. I would imagine it would have been hard for you guys to locate bikes or maybe donations would have, I mean, how did the donations, did that affect you guys at all? It was insane. Yeah, it was insane. In a good way or a bad way? Uh, a little of both. Like, okay. 
Um, Maybe you're selling more bikes, I guess. I mean, sold a lot of bikes. Well, sold we, like a ton. Like the rest of the shops, we turned away more business than we even get offered. I mean, it's you, you can't keep up with it, particularly with the new bike sales, which isn't like a huge focus for us, but it's an important aspect of our fundraising. Um, so, so we... So how does that work? Do you guys partner with certain companies that maybe give you guys better pricing on the bikes that you sell? Well, we exist as a retail establishment. So we're, okay. we're a dealer for a number of brands. Um, the shameless shout out to Kona uh, and Marin. Yeah, see that Kona shirt you're wearing right now? Yeah. That's cool. It's pretty rad. Yes, super rad. Um, and we, uh, sorry, where was I? Oh, yeah, um, we, we sell, you know, new bikes, like a normal bike shop. We, we don't sell any of the major brands because uh, they... I won't go into all the business dealings, but, you know, the bigger brands, it doesn't make as much sense for us for the size and volume that we do and the clientele that we sell to. Um, but we're, we are trying to grow the shop into something a little bigger, a little more real bike shop, okay. keeping the flavor. That's cool. Uh, so you said during the height of like, you know, the boom or whatever, um, did y'all have problems keeping up? You said it was insane. I was curious. Yeah. What um, that meant. I think I had. I mean, some statistics from last year, but there was a point that I was like me myself, because um, like Erica is typically doing a lot of our like floor bikes, and then D of course is running the front, um, and then I was just doing all the repairs. And I think for just you, just me, oh, dude. <laughs> uh, for how much do you love this? Because that's all you're gonna oh, be doing. Oh man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for like four months straight, I think I was doing like fifteen to twenty bikes a day oh, across the stand, and I was we were I was getting there at like eight o'clock in the morning and leaving yeah. at eight at night, dude. For four months, well, if not longer. We were all working long hours. That's crazy, man. And uh, I, I mean, I wish, I wish I had pictures available. You should have seen the shop because it's pretty crowded right now. Uh, partly because I'm a hoarder, uh, <laughs> and partly because of experiences from last year, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but uh, we had something like 180 bikes in the shop. Sure, we didn't have 200. No, we did. We broke 200, and the capacity for our shop, like, I'm about to say, how many? What's the square foot? I've been in there once, and and you looked like you had a bunch of bikes in there, man. Like, just kind of crammed all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nowhere near as bad. But as how it. big is the shop? Oh, Any man. idea what the square uh, yeah, footage? Yeah, I don't have a square footage. Yeah, I should know that uh, off the top. Not of big head. enough. Not, not big, big enough. enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we have like 150 hooks, maybe. Um, no, we don't have 150 hooks. We like, have... e even with the box, though. Oh, I don't count the box. In the shop, we have like 76 hooks, I think. Okay. So you say hooks. I mean, it's literally just a hook on the wall to hang a bike, get it mm -hmm. off of the mm -hmm. floor. You got to put them anywhere you can get them, buddy. Hang yeah, we, from the just a pile of bikes. You just oh, no, we're, we're stacking them for sure. <laughs> yeah, we, we built basically Which a one elaborate. is yours? Oh, the one on the bottom? Hey, gonna, dude, can you come back after lunch? To our credit, you shove one bikes out. You, you could walk in, even at the worst of this, and come to me or Taylor and be like, I'm here to pick up X bike, and we know exactly where it is. True professionals like right dive there. Dive in like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. That's, wow. That's cool. a lot of bikes. Yes. So what's the uh, inventory right now to new bikes versus old bikes? Do you prep, Do you generally sell more used refurbished bikes, I guess? Is that the right way to say? Uh, yes. I mean, we'd be selling as many new bikes as, you know, we <laughs> as, as uh, I'm sorry. We'd be selling as many new bikes as we possibly could if we could actually get them. It's still an issue. Really? Getting, I mean, there are bikes that I ordered in October of last year that I still don't have. Wow. Um, Dang, man, that would suck. It's it's terrible. Uh, about the only bike brand that's really crushing it is Trek. Because uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of companies uh, faltered. They got scared. And so mm -hmm. they canceled production orders before we realized as an industry that cycling was going to explode. Skyrocket, yeah. 
Yes. Um, and, you know, the previously mentioned company uh, basically bought up everyone's production. So from art, from my understanding. So they're killing it right now. They're like on top of the world. Uh, they were, they were, so e even now, if you wanted an ETA on a bike, it's availability. Um, the Trek was the only company that knew and could be accurate. They'd be like, yes, we'll have more of those in four months. And it's reasonably accurate. You go to Giant or Specialized or any of those, uh, and they're like, uh, I don't know. Any time between now and 10 months. Yeah. Uh, you try us back in 2022. Mm -hmm. That seemed like that's only going to further fuel Trek sales if they can give you a more accurate estimate. You know, you have people coming in like, I want a new bike ready, you know, take the next step. Like myself, for example, I'll probably be looking at getting a, a upgrading. And if I walk in and you're like, well, you can get this Trek and you could probably have it within a month or two months or whatever. Or you can go with this other brand and you may not have it for another six months, then I'm probably going to lean towards like, well, sell me the Trek then. Well, yeah. I hope when you're ready, you have a, a, a dearth of options. Because yeah. I wouldn't want you to feel locked into one brand for any reason. Sure. Well, that's cool. And uh, then you just trade in your old one. Well, I'm going to keep riding that thing until it just, you know. Yeah, keep that know. one forever for sure. Dude, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, that would be a good wall hanger for down here. Dude, I was like, is there any way I can get it hung on the wall for you guys? That would be so rad to have it in the background. Oh, I almost brought well, We got so much bike. crap everywhere. I was like, without ripping a bunch of stuff down. We had a shelf fall on one of the guests that we had. I saw that. that was, you see that? It was funny. Yeah, that oh, was funny. man, I felt terrible. That was right after we kind of, we took about a four or five month break. And then the first episode, we kind of put some stuff back up, rearranged some things, and we have a shelf crash. So... Yeah, well, welcome back, you know. But if I can find a way to hang the bike, maybe in the future, where I could still get to it. Ooh, hoist it. Hoist it up. Yeah, you wouldn't see it, but. That would be cool. Man, if we still had the hanging mics, we could have hung the mics from the bike. Ooh, yeah. That would have been rad. That would have been cool. But then I would never be able to get it down to ride it. So. Well, you said you're getting a new one. It's, it's yeah. A, well, that's in the future. All right. Presents its own problems. Oh, N plus one. Always more bikes. Uh, you guys do a lot of different events. I was kind of doing a deep dive on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have a weekly ride that's called the Trample. Uh, how did that get its name? Did you just go out and run down any pedestrians that get in your way? And <laughs> oh, man. Sure. No, 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 no trampling. The streets pet. run red with the blood of <laughs> with the blood of pets. With the, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but what is the Trample? What is that? Um, I don't know where it originally got its name. Uh, Marcus or maybe even Erica could tell me, but it's just not something. Death I by bicycle. Death by bike. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, uh, so there's something very similar to it that typically happens in a lot of major metropolitan areas in the world. Um, well, in the United States anyway, uh, it's called critical mass and it's like a one day of the month that everybody in the whole city gets together and they all ride their bikes together. They just take over the road yeah. and everyone that's in a car gets super pissed. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's supposed to like raise awareness, but it typically just becomes like, get out I, of the way. Yeah. I don't <laughs> cause traffic. I am traffic. <laughs> um, Dude, but those, those typically end up being like. Oh man, somewhere between 500 and a thousand people, like a lot of people. Well, dude, I, I was stopped by, I assume it was you guys. Um, there was a big mass of bikes. It was one afternoon. It may have been a Thursday afternoon and I got stopped and, uh, they kind of blocked the intersection and let everybody get through. Mm -hmm. And I was like amazed. It was like what seemed like hundreds. I mean, I don't know how many bikes it was or if it was even y'all's ride, but, uh, right now we're still, even when it's super hot or incipient rain maybe we're getting 100 people every thursday at this least. is every week every, every week. week wow rain or shine rain or shine mm -hmm. so you're out there in the rain it's pouring down you don't care it's rained every afternoon oh, man i know you guys we, have been getting wet we've done one not very many people we've done one with a tornado on the ground are you serious oh my god you never call it it's like hey no. uh lightning storm uh hail we yeah. technically canceled it for the pandemic but there were there were still secret tramples now do you guys 
take the same route, or y'all just ride all over the place, or I mean, where do you guys go? Yeah, we ride all over. I mean, uh, Birmingham's got 99 neighborhoods, and we've been trying to hit all of them. We've been running the trample for about eight eight years uninterrupted, like every single Thursday for eight years. Wow, Man, no cool. fail. I mean, even even through the pandemic, you know, whatever. That's crazy. Um, but we're just trying to go to all of them. And of course, Birmingham have it, has so many green spaces too, that like mm-hmm. there's always a different park to go to or always a different point of interest to go to. And that's typically where the ride goes to. So everything from abandoned warehouses to, you know, a park that's over on the West End or on the East End. Um, we went to the Cascade Plunge once before they tore it down. Yeah. Um, yeah, just all over, wherever cool spot cool. we can just find. just explore the yeah. city and stuff. That's oh, yeah. rad, man. It's a different way to see your surroundings other than being stuck in a cage, like yeah. in a car and just yeah. rolling around. Yeah, you'd be more, um, pay more attention to, it's like, man, I never even noticed this. You know, I drive by it every day, but you just don't pay attention if you're not riding on a bike. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys do, what other events do you guys do besides the trample? Seems like you guys are putting on different fundraisers and stuff throughout the, yeah, throughout the, the year. The biggest one is our tall bike joust. Um, tall bike joust. Tall bike joust. Is that what it sounds that like? sounds like. Speaking of blood on the pavement. <laughs> it's exactly oh what it sounds gosh. like. Oh my gosh. Can anybody sign up for this? Anyone. Yeah, you just got to You got to be a tall bike jousting. You got to yes. prove that you can ride the tall bike. Where do you get a tall bike okay. to joust with? Yeah, well, we have them, but you make them. Is there videos of this on your Instagram? Is there a way to pull this? I think up? there's there's a documentary. Yeah, someone made a, I'd just, say mockumentary, but just YouTube like tall bike jousting in any capacity. Oh, I, I gotta see. This. Yeah, redemptive tall bike joust. Oh, it's great. All right. Well, while she looks that up, do you ex- suit up and everything? Are you full uh, armor? People typically take on. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, you should put on, but uh, most of the time, it's like folks will pick like, like a medieval character. armor. Yeah, yeah, they'll do something. I have somebody dresses up as yeah, Spider Man. We, we've had a knight. We've had all sorts of things. Yeah, we, where the, do you get medieval armor? <laughs> the, the knight was my favorite. So think of like the cheapest uh, Halloween costume you could possibly imagine, just like a, a knight's armor printed onto pajamas, right? Oh, okay. Right, like a a little more practical. Sure. Oh, but under that, he was wearing full. Enduro mountain bike, like downhill armor, oh, like the geez. spine cover, all the pads. Sure, yeah, you keep from getting hurt, I guess. Oh, well, there's the entire tall bike joust. Where, yeah, go oh, just yeah. the location one. announcement one's pretty good. That one's two and a half whole hours. Yeah, yeah click the one up top, click that one. Yeah, it's probably just a super cut. Where is this? Is this upcoming? Rickwood Field. Uh, that was two uh, years ago. This that was, was two years ago. Yeah. Oh, look at this. It dude. is exactly what I thought it'd be. It Hold is on, tall what, bike jousting. These guys are up on bikes, hitting each other yes. with spears. Uh, wish they'd all wear helmets. Dude, that's... Can't make them, though. That boom. Do y'all provide the, the... What do you call that? The, the lance. The, the lance. lance? Yeah. Is that it's, the long pole thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, It's just a PVC pole with mattress pad. Oh, and come a bit, on, and man. And then a pantyhose. Yeah, that's it. Pantyhose. They look like sock and bottom. I want some yes. lead pipe with a... Uh, yeah, okay. no, that's probably not a good idea. No, I couldn't even hold it. It'd be awful. Oh, yeah. It, it is hard to overstay. I mean, riding the tall bike, getting onto it's the hardest part. They handle exactly like a normal bike, with the exception of you can't put your foot down. So if you ride it in traffic, sometimes you got to put your foot on, like, cars if people are being jerks. <laughs> How tall is what? it? What? Where does one get a tall bike? you got to make them. Yeah. You have to you make have them. have to make them, yeah. But is there any kind of like regulation as to how big or what they look like or like, no? No, I'm so foreign to this. I want to get. I'm, we're going to do tall bike jousting this year. I would okay. say they they have to be at least two frames tall. They don't necessarily have to be made of two frames, but they have to be at least two frames tall. Is there like a YouTube video where I can learn how to weld oh, yeah. this together? Yes, all over. Absolutely. Yeah. Do y'all sell these? Do y'all make them? We don't. Well, I mean, I guess we could sell one if we really, really wanted to. But I mean, for do y'all for, both have one at your house? I wish. Okay. I wish. I commuted on this one. Uh, the last two years, I've spent a week commuting on one. Um, 
which is, I live <sighs> up the mountain, which is awful because they're single speed and coaster brake. Don't, don't do this. Dude. It's awful. Uh, that's where the, the foot on cars. So it's like a fixed from. gear bike. Uh, no, this is a single speed, but there is somewhere out there a fixed gear tall bike, and that is truly a terrifying yeah. thing. No brakes, nothing. Just awful, terrifying. Oh. LCL or uh, ACL destroying monster. Dude. Well, that's epic, man. Do y'all do this every year? Every year. Every and where and it's going to be located at Rickwood Field. Is that the typical mm, location? Or we've we've alternated locations. Rickwood was. I gotta come out and see we, this. We need tickets, dude. I want to come oh, watch we'll, it. We'll sing from it. We'll sing about it from the rooftops dude. when it's time. Okay. Uh, so I've it's never heard of very that. Very soon. That's crazy. Uh, have they have they announced the location? They haven't announced anything yet. No. Oh. What man. time of year is it? Normally? October. It's going to be October. October mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're, sounds like a Halloween type heavy ultra. Dude, we're coming, dude. We're gonna we're build coming. a team. We're coming. No, absolutely. I don't stay, know if we'll compete, but we'll uh, we'll come watch. No, stay in touch on it. If you man, man, if you cover it live, it'd be awesome. We're going to. Um, yeah, it'll be in October. We'll have an announcement of where it is uh, this year soon. Um, I'm pretty excited. Um, I think y'all will be too once you find out where it is. So yeah, I had no idea this even existed. I That's had crazy. No clue this was a thing. How many people compete? Bracket at 12. Yeah. Sometimes we've had like 16, I think. But, Is there a prize? Uh, Bragging glory, rights, I guess. Glory, obviously. Um, and then Marcus typically makes like a giant metal trophy out of like bike parts and well, stuff. It's Marcus, pretty cool. Okay. Somewhere. Or, uh, I think we had a, a gentleman named Ross from a, a local business, actually. He's a metal fabricator. Uh, out of, he's called Single Speed Fabrications, I think. Um, look him up. It's awesome. Very good at what he does. Fabrications. Uh, if you watch one of the YouTube videos, you'll see a shot of the trophy he made last year, which was a true work of art. And he made it overnight. Wow. So where was last year's? You said this one was two years ago. Uh, last year's we did in the alley behind the shop at the Give Me Color Wall. <laughs> yeah, okay. I've seen that, I guess, um, on your Instagram. You guys yeah. had some mm-hmm. wall that said redemptive across it or whatever. We uh, we had to do like a really intimate, um, kind of very limited Sure, with the pandemic and all that stuff. And so we live streamed it, which we'll probably bring back for this year. But, of course, we'll be doing traditional ticket sales and yada, yada, all that stuff. Dude, Um, let us commentate. That would be so awesome. So we do have one of the meanest MCs in the world who who does it, uh, Max Rykov. Okay. And he is just an absolute hoot. I don't know how he keeps his voice through the entire thing. Like, he doesn't even need the microphone. I'd barely keeps his voice the whole time. (laughs) So he's just kind of entertaining the crowd during the matches and stuff. Yeah, he's the uh, he's you know think of your classic circus and there's the dude with the that sounds like a modern day circus yeah oh it is it's great uh, we they of course alternate knocking each other off the bikes and then we have a uh, tiebreaker rounds where we get kegs out and they have to take the la- uh, lances and do basically American gladiators and it's it's great oh fun. my god it's so okay. much fun we're gonna be there yeah, we epic. have to be there uh, any other uh, type events uh, that that takes the cake man. Yeah, really, I don't I mean, know what else would top that but uh, well that's the big one so that that's you know that is the top uh, we do a series of alley cat races, which are super fun. Um, we just did one called uh, the Crick Cat in honor of Hammerfest coming up this weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, which is super fun. And uh, I think that's free entry. Go watch them race, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. You get to see a bunch of pro teams come from mm-hmm. all over the U.S. and race. This is the alley cat race that you're talking about? Well, we uh, are, uh, sorry. To be Hammerfest is the mm-hmm. big race. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and we did a crit-themed alley cat uh, okay. this past weekend. Um, the way an alley cat race works is it's a checkpoint race. Um, with no set route. So what you do is you, you register. Yeah, that's well, that's part of it. Um, you register and then you get your manifest and you have to plot your own route. That is so cool. It's super fun. Um, not so much about how hot it is, but like, man, it's so fun. So you plot your own route. How does that work? Uh, it's like, that's you what it says on the the quickest tent, way from point A to point B. But you have to hit certain <laughs> spots. Yeah, and, and complete. Pick up a 
coin or something? Yeah, complete certain actions. Uh, The the crit one, you had to go to certain places and then do X number of laps around a feature there. And we had people at each of the checkpoints to make sure that people actually did the thing. Um, We've done five-card stud where you have to get... uh, It's just a poker hand. It's like a poker run kind of thing. So you grab a card, and I think whoever's hand at the end... uh, yeah, they do well, something like that in Coleman, like on the boats and stuff. They yeah, yeah, like I mean, and they do it with motorcycles and stuff too, okay, all I the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, like best hand, who gets back first, dead fucking last. Yeah. Like, the okay. last one I did was a carry shit Olympics, which is just how much stuff you can carry. This was a really cool one because we got a <laughs> carry lot of... Carry shit Olympics? <laughs> what? Hey, th- this, this is, <laughs> you know, you got messengers and such out there. I ride on a loaded bike every day just because I live on my bike. Um, so I got bags on bags on bags. That's uh, such an elegant name, too. <laughs> We're going to call this the Carry Shit Olympic Show. It's evocative. Um, so is that you have to get from, like, point A to point E? B, with the uh, most stuff. With the, you, yeah, you have to... You Carry have to, your couch. Well, we, we got a ton <laughs> All of... your furniture. <laughs> we got a ton of food donated. Um, okay. So what we did is we stocked each of the checkpoints with... Oh, so you provide the stuff that carry. Uh, yes, and, okay, and this okay. one, the, the shop did um, organize getting a bunch of food donations that everything, regardless of what happened to it, all got donated to a food pantry afterwards. I think this was in partnership with Grace Klein. I, I think believe. so, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was super fun. Uh, so, like, you know, bags of rice, uh, a little bit of bread, a lot of canned food, all sorts heavy of stuff. heavy oh, stuff. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was Y'all just found a clever way for people to go grocery shopping for you. Let's, yeah, make, a, let's make a contest yeah. out of it. Uh, man, I could have carried more too. I'm still mad about that. I, I ended up. Did you hurt yourself? Well, I, I won the carried the most. I, I carried twice as much as the next person. I had like 48 pounds of stuff on me. I think in addition to me and my bike and everything. Uh, next, How do you pedal? Now, are you allowed to hang stuff on your bike, or is it got to be on the, your person? Oh, if it's on the bike, it's fair game if you can carry oh, it. Okay. Um, anything that messes with your steering, like you see people are like, oh, I'm going to hang this six pack oh, of beer yeah. on one side. And it's just like, oh, yeah, good luck. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, go in circles. <laughs> Basically. Um, but it's super fun. The, the Alley Cat series is great. Um, so we just did one, and we'll be doing another one in September, but the, the theme and such hasn't been announced. But it's something to keep track of our social media about. Yeah, yeah. cool. Well, you said Hammerfest is this weekend? Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll explain more about that for someone who doesn't know anything about uh, yeah. bike uh, racing. So a Criterium road race is just like, it's like NASCAR almost. Um, they just go around a circuit over and over and over again. Um, and there's typically a time limit. And then when they get within X number of minutes to the last, uh, they start counting laps. Um, so you just race, race, race. And it's usually really, really fast. Like all the folks that race this are just built sprinters. And so you see dudes go, doing like 30 miles an hour around this track for an hour. Zooming. Nuts. Zooming. Um, so what's the idea just to get the most laps in the set No, I mean, time limit? still, still, well, it's... Or is there like, you got to be the first one to go 50 laps or something? No, no I mean, it's, it's almost, yeah, first one to do 50 laps, but it's almost like a game of attrition. Like they'll race for 45 minutes and then in the last five minutes, they're like, okay, five laps to go. That's it. And so you make all your moves. You you play it safe for play it 40 safe. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then staying like, in the group. And then who has enough left in the tank to actually stomp in the last bit of the race? Well, what keeps you from just doing like one lap for 40 minutes? Just like barely. Because uh, you can't get lapped either. Oh, okay, okay. So you got to at least keep up with the fastest mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. I so it's a lot of mind games. It's actually yeah, really interesting dude, to watch. That's crazy. It sounds nuts. Where do they race? Uh, it's going to be at Pepper Place yeah, this Pepper year. Place. Do they a, build a track or are they just out there in the park? They're using the road. Yeah. Uh, wow. So they're going to like block off the main drag there behind Pepper Place. Um, I guess in between first, I guess it's second there. Um, and then one one street up. So it's just a big block, yeah. one city yeah, block. Yeah. Those oh, yeah. racing around the whole thing. Okay. They I'm picturing like the short track that you see in the Olympics, like the little no. wooden thing. Oh, yeah. Not actually like 
track track cycling with fixed gears and all that no a little bit bigger and it's it's always like really grassroots because sometimes it is in parking lots and stuff you see this all over the u.s okay the the term for the the track is a velodrome for the audience a velodrome velodrome Velodrome. it's basically one city block that you're just racing around the the streets Mm -hmm. uh essentially yeah they did it in lakeview last time which i guess was i don't i lost all sense of time because of the pandemic a couple years ago yeah now pre-pandemic did they come and is this happening in Birmingham every year? This is the second one. Second one. So like they, they had a re- they had a pretty good um yeah it was a real big deal for the first one the first and one. then pandemic and then now is this, are they directly who's the organization that puts this on is this you guys or is this no, like no, a no. national um, outfit that it was a company called Bruno the first time and now I think it's like Bolt twenty four or something that's putting uh, it on uh, from, so they put it on and then all the local shops show up and it's just yeah, kind of yeah everybody. I mean just to celebrate bike racing because it is we'll, okay. it's we'll all have cool. a presence there and there'll be like vendors associated with you know large manufacturers of stuff um, uh, I think it's being put on by USA Crits and the Lakeshore Foundation and one other organization that I know is on the poster whose name I can't remember I'm so sorry um, but all local organizations okay sweet. It's just like a well, big biker USA Crits turnout. is the yeah. national one, but in partnership with local organizations. Cool. Anybody here? I guess you said it's like all pros that are coming to race oh, and stuff. Nobody yeah. local racing in the. They do have. Yeah, yeah there's local racing. Um, it, they have like a category system and everything too. So yeah, Joe Schmo can sign up and do it. New races in category up. five. I, I mean, yeah. um, I mean, races in category okay. five. And it's I guess terrifying. You got to qualify and stuff. So yeah. No, nothing even like that. Just show up with your bike and, and a kit and just say that get you want to do the damn. Okay. Yeah, worst case. Yeah, or get laid out in a corner and feel bad. Or you, you can get bonk and, uh, bonked and quit. I mean, there's nothing to stop you from doing this, particularly, I'd say, a Cat 5. Well, I think they're doing a Cat 3 to 5 combined. Something like that. Something but, like that. So they and, kind of like lump everybody together. It's like everyone who's like raced bikes maybe a little bit and then folks that have no idea what the hell's going on and then just barrel yourselves into a yeah, corner that is, shoulder to shoulder, 100 dudes deep. Sweet. It's not funny because, you know, people getting injured isn't actually funny. But one of the fun parts of watching a crit is watching the crashes. It's like NASCAR. Uh, and it's they, – they happen. They happen. I was about to say, they probably happen a lot, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the road rash is real. Dude, yeah, man. That's, like, one of my biggest fears. Um, I don't ride on the street very much, but... Uh, oh, you should. It's the times. I know, dude. Like, now, what do you? where do you guys ride? Are y'all more, like, road cyclists, or do you guys get off-road and do, like, actual mountain biking? This is, this is going to get philosophical. Do? All the things. Yeah. Yeah. All the things. All the things. Okay, do you have a preference as to what you like doing better? Um, I am a dedicated commuter. Okay. I like all styles of bikes. I have a mountain bike and a road bike, but the bike that you would see me most often on is a, is an old 90s steel bike with some more modern stuff on it that I got my bags and my thing, and I just live on it. And Not just, the tall bike? I, I, <laughs> only only a couple times a year. Okay. okay. Um, no, You're going to be in the joust? Uh, I will be there in a uh, supporting capacity. Oh, okay. I, I run the, the tech and the sound stuff there. Um, right. I was actually going to say earlier in the conversation when we were talking more about the tall bike, um, just as a small tangent, riding the tall bike is not that hard. Once you learn how to get onto it, and you can mm-hmm. even cheat, just climb on something and get on it. It rides exactly like a normal bike, with the exception of it's really easy to wheelie. Just uh, climb really? up on the top of that Mercedes and yep. take off. Oh, basically. Yo. <laughs> yeah, just that Range Rover over there with the ladder, just climb up on his roof, jump on your bike. That's an idea. Yeah. Um, with the Lance, is a completely different ball game. It is incredibly hard to ride one with a Lance. Hmm. Could you like prop it up on the handlebar, or you have to like it would, hold no, it out? No, no, no. Physics would just be like no. <laughs> okay. Uh, because if you if you put anything on your handlebar that goes this way, mm-hmm. I'm making a motion for yeah. people listening, uh, that effectively lengthens the bar. It goes outside either edge. It is making your 
it's making your handlebars that wide, right, which affects right. your steering. Yeah, okay. Yeah, even if you go across it like long ways too, it is still just kind of sketchy. It doesn't doesn't work out so well. Okay. Seems like you got to have momentum. So yeah. maybe get on the bike and make a lap, and then come back by and grab it. We have like pushers. <laughs> <Yeah>. so like, <laughs> the, the whole idea is you, you you treat it like a real lance. So like all of these are the same issues that people that jousted in ye old times, I'm sure, ran into where. The lance is very long and it's very heavy, so you actually hold it up like this, which is not that bad, but as soon as you have it down, God, and you're, you're incentivized on. to have it as far out as you can, which just makes it harder, right? Right. They're like, you want me to do what on this horse? You want me to hold it out like this? Yeah. No way. And you got to hold it up because you're not trying to Give hit the bike. Give me a club. You lose points right. for hitting thing. the bike. You're trying way to hit the rider. Out. Can't kill the horse? Okay. Yeah, don't, don't kill the horse. All right. Well, back to riding. Uh, yeah, it so sounds like you're more like a, a street guy, uh, uh, if that's the right terminology. I don't know the lingo. I but, mean, uh, if, if we're getting into, like, bicycle culture, the bike I ride every day is what you'd call an X-bike. X-bike. X-bike, um, which just means, you know, big tires, rugged, racks, bags. Uh, it's just a bike that can go anywhere and do anything. It's a jack-of-all-trades. Okay. Not particularly fast, but not particularly slow. Confidence inspiring off road, but also reasonably stable on road. But you're on this thing every day, literally every day. Wow, that's a good healthy lifestyle, man. Uh, you know, it it, it helps <laughs> with the beer. Good and good for you, Taylor. What about you, man? What are you doing? Uh, I don't really like going up hills, even though I'm good at it. But like, I like to mountain bike a lot. Sweet, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. To me, and you know, just being foreign to the world of cycling, uh, I was like, I spent enough time on the road in my car. And I don't know, I watched all these YouTube videos and stuff, and I was, like, immediately drawn to, like, the off-road aspect. <laughs> and yeah. um, I've done a lot of riding at, like, Oak Mountain, but I hear that, like, uh, Cahaba River Park is really awesome. I, I have Cahaba not River been there. It's, it's worth the drive. Go, go, go. A lot of off-road trails and stuff? Or, like, um, it's just, what makes it so good? One of the <laughs> – I like it. I haven't been in a, in a second because it's super busy. Um, I liked it because it wasn't super crowded because it's a little out there and it's not quite as popular as places like Coldwater, which is out towards Anniston, um, which Coldwater is good too. That's a big um, mountain though, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like flowy, less technical stuff. I'm willing to do anything on, on the mountain bike, but I just want to, you know, do the little flowy, curvy bits and then you go up and over a thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's fun. You're not trying to hop your bike over – a three-foot obstacle. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, more technical, hardcore riding, I guess. Yeah, like I'm I'm too old for that. I'll, I'll die. Not I'll doing trials die. out there? Hopping from bowling? <laughs> yeah, <to> trials. <laughs> no, you uh, our, our apprentice, or actually your apprentice mechanic, Nathan, yeah. is uh, in his Nate, actual... Nate can do the thing. Yeah, he can do the trials. That's just crazy. Mm, that is crazy. Yeah, and uh, there's something on our Instagram when we first announced Kona and you see him do... The, the I think I saw hop. that. Yeah, he's like doing the hops and the yeah. wheelies and stuff. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Nathan. He's a he's a monster. That's um, awesome. You know, I I know you you love mountain biking. I always associate you with fixed gear riding in my brain. I do yeah, I ride fixed gears. Okay, explain to me the fixed gear culture. What is it? These uh, these bikes seem <laughs> in my little brain very archaic and very um, inefficient. That's why and yet there's a whole culture out. around these fixed uh, gear bikes. What is the deal? I mm. mean, so like uh, fixed gears, I mean, dawn of time, like all bikes were fixed gears to begin with. Like we, we hadn't figured out a way to be able to backpedal yet sure. and freewheel. Okay, fair. Cool. So we're all just right. like, if the, uh, if the pedals are turning, rear wheels turning, everything's, everything's connected. Okay, cool. Um, and then when they invented freewheeling, it's like, okay, well, fixed gear stuck around a little bit. They had the track cycling that was going on. So it was always kind of stuck around. Yeah. Um, and then folks were riding fixed gears as long as time can be. And then we get into like the 2000s. Um, there's like this big fixie boom. And then also uh, Premium Rush comes out, right? Premium Rush. That's um, a uh, movie? 
Or what is yeah, it? Yeah, it was a movie. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, it wasn't Matt Damon. God. Yeah, <laughs> Why do you always think it's Matt Damon? I always think it's Matt Damon. Gordon. Yeah. Go- is Joseph that Gordon the one where he's like a, he's like Gordon a, Levin. Just, he's in New York and he's yes. like a, uh, he's a courier. The, he courier. The, the yeah. bullet time thing where he's like, ooh, and you see all the arrows and then he knows he's going to crash, which is a weird. I haven't accurate. seen the movie, but I know what you're talking about. Mm. I need to check that out. Is it good? It, it's it's right. enjoyable. He uh, he learned how to do all of the yeah, all of he, the stunts. He did like the there was no stuntman. Really, he yeah. learned how to That's ride a fixed gear and do do the damn. Wow. Um, yeah, but so premium rush. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he, I guess he's riding a fixed gear bike. Yeah, the whole time and being a messenger. So okay, like messenger culture explodes and everybody everybody's gotta have a. Fixed I gotta be a courier. Yeah, I gotta be a courier. Um, I gotta so, ride a fixed gear, man. So like state com- state bicycle company comes around pure fix and a bunch of other brands pop up and you see all these fixed gears that are like 300 bucks and they're this neon color with different deep dish neon colored wheels and they look just so kitschy and cool and everybody had one yeah. um it's a fun a fun bike to like set in the corner of your apartment and look like a bike you know yeah, yeah it looks cool the wheels are about the same size it's a very symmetrical yeah. looking bike yeah, it just yeah. looks like bike yeah yeah but they they were heavy and they were dog shit so um hey states are good States I mean, yeah, state, state's gotten better, um, but originally it was just like this giant boom, and everybody's just like, "I'm gonna make money." Um, but as but you're always turning the the pedals to be able to, to forward momentum, mm-hmm. uh, there is no like coasting or any yeah. of that stuff. Well, and a lot of those too that like they had flip flop wheels, so there's like a free wheel on one side, so you can coast, and then the other side's a fixed gear, yeah. so you can also like. Kind of look like yeah, bit. you look yeah. like you're riding a fixed gear, but uh, no, well, it's uh, just a single I, speed. I don't know what the laws are from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but I have it stuck in my head that I don't think you're allowed to sell a bike like a mass production bike without brakes. So most of these will come set up single speed with the flip flop hub and both brakes, and then people just mod them out. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to do the fixed gear thing and do it authentically, you've got to flip the rear wheel and I strip don't need all brakes. the brakes. So. I guess you're using your pedal hey, as your brake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just slow you down, man. Yeah. Um, so again, what is the appeal? Sorry, Why was uh, you okay. drawn to this? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I don't know. This it's, just seems like no brakes, one yeah, year. Yeah, yeah it's, this um, is hard. I don't I think like it was this. actually a quote from the movie from Premium Rush, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like the purest form of riding a bike. Pure. Okay. Yeah. Um, that it is You're just, a purist. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it. it's just you and your legs and the bike. And it's like, if you see a hill, you pedal harder. If you want to go faster down the hill, you pedal faster. I am one with the road. I, yep. I ride every day. I have my own uh, misgivings with fixed gear. But if it's good enough for St. Sheldon, it's it's good enough for all of us. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, fixed gears, are, they're fun. I mean, like you have this like completely decluttered handlebar. I mean, because you don't have a brake They're very simple, nothing, yeah. And they just... The, the, they, yeah, have, they have the whole Apple look going for them, like right. the bicycle world. It's very simplistic. You, you said the word efficiency, and it's actually it's an argument that even uh, cyclists among ourselves have because, you know, we, we argue about what's more efficient, a fixed gear or a freewheeling bicycle or a bike with freewheels and gears. Um, and it, it depends on what you, what you care about and what you mean when you say efficiency. Efficiency of the system, a fixed gear has a perfectly straight chain line. Uh, no flex from any components or anything like that. Hopefully, if your chain ring's flexing, you're screwed. Um, but it is a more efficient machine. But as a whole, free wheels. Death gears, on your legs. It can be if you're if terribly you're uncomfortable. Oh, it's no well. fun at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. Legs, I'm joking. Make your legs huge. Oh, I'm sure they will. Well, uh, when they, you're they, always pedaling. Yes, no, you're never exactly. not pedaling. Always pedaling. Always. Hey, when you're going up a hill, put that on a t-shirt. Always pedaling. Well, it's, it's better when you're going up a hill on a fixed gear. Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. If you have the momentum and you're going up and you can keep it going, the at no point will the bike even let you lose your momentum by allowing it to coast. You just you have to go with it. Interesting. I didn't think mm. about it like that. But I would think that going up, like it's probably geared. If you had to, what kind of gear is a fixed gear set you're, to? You're always in the wrong gear. You're always in the wrong you're gear. You're always in the wrong gear. You're never in the gear you want to be in. 
Never. Okay. You just pick whatever race you're going to be like, yeah, this is totally fine for downtown. But as soon as I start going up a hill, it sucks. Or do it the other way around. You can get up hills really easy, but you, you can't go, go fast anywhere on at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people pick different gear ratios. What's the most popular one? Uh, typically, you want to avoid like even number front chain rings. Um, see, I'm not too versed in like the different gear ratios. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll see like a lot of 47, 16, or like 49, 16, 17, 18. Kind of depends. Um, but does, like, does that relate to skid patches? Uh, yeah, it has to do with you know because uh, part of the appeal with fixed gears too is like being able to feel like a kid again. You know that whole coaster brake kick back and yeah, like, yeah I can slide the rear wheel feels cool. Um, but with a fixed gear, you're actually you're stopping the rear wheel. You are resisting that entire motion as opposed to using a brake um but yeah so skidding's fun um but dependent on how many teeth are up front and then how many teeth are in the back it determines so you can only typically skid when your feet are level and then vice versa um right foot forward or left foot forward so that only gives you so and so many rotations possible combinations of where your tire could stop in between contact with the ground so there's some ratios that like you can have a million different skid patches and you don't wear your tire out, or you can have one that has one skid patch. You just blow a hole. So it's yeah. always in the yeah, same you spot. Just, oh, put, okay. a, put a flat just, spot in your tire. Yeah. That's, that's game like over. You yeah. Murder your tire. Can you pedal backwards? Uh, I can a little bit. Like there's people that can really like, like just this. ride yeah, backwards. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there was a guy on our, our trample once that popped his rear tire. Um, we were over in Avondale, and so he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to take and ride back to the shop, and I'm like, do you want someone to come ride with you? And he's like, no, I'm just going to ride on my handlebars backwards. So he just sat on his handlebars all the way down first. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I just dude. rode all the way back to the shop and was like, it's fine. I, don't, I didn't bring a tube. I didn't bring a wrench. I don't need it. I'll just ride back to the shop. Well, for a while there, I would see um, these, like, YouTube videos and you know, these guys had these fixed gear rallies almost like, you know, where they're all in a parking lot riding around and doing different tricks and mm. stuff. And it's like, there's this whole subculture around the fixed gear bike and the, the pure feeling of oh yeah being on the bike and stuff. I was curious. Glad that came up. Are cool. Fixed yeah. gears are cool. Um, we need more of them in Birmingham. There was like a little explosion at a lot of folks that were riding fixed gears, but like, you don't see a ton now. Well, people woke up and said, Hey, I hate riding around in this thing. I, I want, want gears. some gears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. That's cool. Um, so when you're mountain biking, where do you go? Uh, Oak Mountain, just because like, I mean, convenience, know, location. Yeah, yeah. That and like Thunder and Lightning is really fun. Like who doesn't want to do the box jump? Dude, are you going like... off that big step up and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're you gotta, like, you're like epic. You gotta hit all, the... you gotta hit all the shark fins and everything. I mean, like it, oh, it feels good. We're like going downhill is fun. I'm not quite there yet. They, uh, the, um, the slingshot was really fun. Mm. I haven't the, been out to that yet. Dude, it's awesome. It's brand new. Mm. Um, yeah, it's maybe yet. only been up in like a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, they hired some like national outfit to come in and build it. I know, um, do you guys work with any of the dudes from Bump or know any of those guys? Um, Is that I, like a volunteer organization? Yeah, I don't know anybody by name, but I mean like they they do their thing. They and make Bump sure the stands for the Birmingham Urban Mountain Peddlers. Mountain peddlers. Okay. Yeah. And they maintain all mountain the trails. People. <laughs> yeah. Bumpy, mountain people. Bumper mountain. The people. people the the rubber baby buggy bumpers. Yeah. Uh, and they maintain all the trails out at mm -hmm. Oak Mountain. Do they do anything else in any of the other parks like Tanny Hill or any I of the other places? I think that they do. I don't I don't know exactly. Okay. But you guys it's aren't directly fault. involved with Bump. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Met a couple of the dudes, but they'd be able to answer questions like that better. You should yeah, have. I'll have to get them on. Yeah. Reach out. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the slingshot trail is awesome, man. Uh, it's definitely better to go the one direction versus the other. Mm -hmm. um, the first time that we it's did usually it, true. <laughs> well, some of the trails, it's kind of like, it's pretty even as far as like the amount of uphill and downhill. Yeah. So you can do it one way and the other way. And, you know, maybe one way is a slightly more, 
going downhill versus the other way. But anyways, when we did the slingshot, uh, everyone we were passing was like, y'all are doing this backwards. Y'all should do it the other way. And we realized very quickly that it was all uphill, you know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely done uh, some of the loops at Cobb River Park backwards. Okay. I've definitely done that. But it's a lot of fun, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did see one dude wipe out, man. And uh, I, I started testing my limits, but I haven't taken like a major spill. And so I'm afraid when I do, I'll be like, Brought, I'll be humbled, brought back down yeah. to earth. I mean, it hurts. It hurts direct. Have you guys had any major wipeouts yourselves? I mean, all the oh, years you guys have spent on bikes. Uh, I fought a city bus like three you, years ago. You went on that ago. one. Yeah, fought a city bus. What does that mean? I literally got plowed Did by win? a max What? Bus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Oh, my yeah. God. He had right away. The, sounds amazing. The, the bus pulled in front of him, and he couldn't. You plowed into the side of a bus. Yeah, I was. But you didn't get ran bus, over by the bus. No, no. Th- thank Christ. The no. bus oh, violated your right of way. That's true. No, I got yeah, but it was it was awful. I got like splat. I shattered the entire front wind, windscreen, um, and oh, then yeah. the side door and everything. Um, shattered my collarbone. Oh, snap, snapped the snap. fork off of my bike. I didn't realize it. I mean, I was, how fast were you going? Uh, speed limit twenty. Speed limit twenty. I mean, yeah, uh, that's a lot of damage, man. I mean, it's crazy. You're coming down from Vulcan, basically. Yeah, coming well, in five so points. it was hot. Literally, the intersection there, like Dave's Chick Fil A. Um, you're yeah. coming down that hill? Yeah. Well, like I used to live right up by the Vulcan, so I was like, Ooh. I was going to work. You're tempted was... fate, my friend. I mean, it's it's not that bad. It sounds so horrible, especially with all the traffic, man. It like, was it was like oh, eight going in the morning. Fun. There wasn't a ton of people around. Everybody was already out of town. It was fine, right? And I'm like, coming, coming, coming down the hill. And, and then a building pulls out in front of you. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like right at the white line. I'm about to be at the white line, and this bus is in the turn lane there at Dave's. And I'm like... A light's about to turn yellow, and I'm like, I'm, I'm doing 20 miles an hour. I'm you moving. Literally... I am going through this intersection. Yeah. Um, and then he started moving, dude, and just splat, yeah. plowed right yeah. into the bus. What happened next? Did the uh, driver get out? They called 911. What, did you just uh, get driver, up, walk it off? Uh, driver got out, started yelling at me. What? It was like he's uh, mad at you. Yeah, he was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Nah, nah, nah. And I'm like. It's always the cyclist's fault. So you I, broke the, the the window or the glass? You yeah, said I shattered the whole front windshield. It the was like front spi- windshield. Yeah, it was. Like, well, I hit. It was like, like the, the there's front like a three qu- there's a, like a three quarter window situ- or situation, and he demolished it. Did you get what? the? Oh, dude, you have pictures of that? I was gonna say, did you get the bus footage? I oh my I, god, no, yeah, camera well, didn't work. Yeah, camera. Oh, didn't oh work. that was god. that was a thing. Yeah, hey, yeah, I went back later and I got you some of that glass work. though. <laughs> yeah, this camera's broken. We don't have any yeah, yeah, that. That no was, lawsuits here. Oh, no, man. Sir. Oh, it was, that was just a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Shout out to my lawyer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, that was terrible. It was awful. Like, literally snapped the fork off of my bike. Like, my arm was... The collarbone, I think, would probably be the worst, man. I, like, I didn't realize it until, like, Your arms 15, like 20 pissed. minutes yeah. later. No, I mean, it really wasn't... Um, I still have... Like it was, so, it's solid all the way out here. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> no, 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 no. He I, loves it when we talk about this uh, stuff. I, I didn't, I didn't get any surgery or anything like that. Thankfully, okay. uh, like all the bones kind of like stayed <clears> in, <throat> in this little Fused like together. Yeah, like in this little like meat pocket That's and stayed nice. in place. They were just like, just don't move. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but like, like four cut snapped off, wheels facing one way, handlebars are facing the other, and I'm like. This dude's yelling at me, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care about anything else. Is my bike okay? Yeah, just drag it. Is my bike okay? So I drag my bike over to the side, of, uh, onto the sidewalk, and I put my legs around the 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 front wheel, grab the handlebars, wrench it around. And I'm like, that's broken. 
Oh, Ooh, that's really that, that's when you oh. yeah. I was like, oh, that's really really really. You feel that grinding? That's, yeah, adrenaline's a hell of a drug. Oh, yeah, and then and then I went for like a whole three sixty swing my arm thing, and I'm like, oh, that's all snack, crackle, pop, and gross. I'm like, yeah, I need to I need to go to hospital. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. sorry, dude. Ooh. Dude, that's crazy. It was man. it was rough, Roni. I do not want to do it again. Um, man, but no other. You didn't smash your face or your head. Uh, open or dude, like that. wearing a helmet, no concussion. Okay, like well, that's pretty lucky then. Yeah, I mean, you could have been things. killed. Could have been killed. Yeah, I could have ended up under the bus. Like I've had friends that have gone through car windshields. So like, damn. See, that is why I am not interested in riding down the road. Our friend, you know, Nathan, um, he rides all over the neighborhood mm-hmm. and stuff, and he's told me about some close calls he's had. Oh yeah, all the and time. And I'm like, dude, that's like, especially being in an urban environment where there's cars everywhere. You know, I was like, dude, let, get me out in the woods. I'm gonna ride. Yeah. You know, yeah. I almost got hit at least six times in this past week. Didn't actually get touched. It's just something you come to accept. You you understand that you are always invisible, always. Even if you're making eye contact with a the person, they don't see you. Uh, you're always going to be wrong, which is to say, they're going to be mad no matter what you do. And you should always just focus on what makes you feel safe. Um, I've got like a whole shape, safety spiel I give to anybody who's thinking about commuting in the city. Um, not a whole thing I'll go into now, but anyone that's listening that wants to talk about commuting in an urban environment, particularly Birmingham, should come see me. I will talk their ear off. Well, um, give me the cliff notes. In your opinion, do you think the city of Birmingham has done enough to accommodate for people like cyclists? Like, I see some roads, and I'm not looking all the time, but I do see some roads where it's like there's a clear bike lane. But then a lot of them, you know, the one that runs on second right next to the battery, mm-hmm. it yeah. just ends. And it just has a sign that says bike lane is ending or it ends right here. And I'm like, what are you supposed to do? You just turn around and go back or it's, just yeah, ride in the middle of the road? I mean, what do you do? It's almost a religious question. There's there's no real right answer to this. Um, and different people ride differently. And if you're riding in a group, it's very different than riding by yourself. Um, I am not, I mean, I am a fan of bike lanes. I believe that they should be a thing. Uh, I don't personally use them as much as I could for a multitude of reasons. I find that many of the bike lanes in Birmingham right now don't have excellent sight lines. Um, So as a cyclist in Birmingham, you have the right to take the lane. You are expected to follow all the rules that cars are, and you have every bit as as much of a right to the whole lane as any car does. Hmm. And that is where you're most visible. That's where people can see you, and that's also where you have the most reaction time in any given direction. Um, It's sort of like if you're riding a motorcycle or you're learning to ride a motorcycle, there's the three zones. And the zones all have their pros and cons, but if you can, the center gives you the most options right and left. That makes most sense, yeah. Um, And they don't do a really good job street street sweeping, so you're more likely to get flats in a lot of the the bike lanes. I've picked up, like, I was on my my nice vintage road racing bike, and I had a self-extracting screw that I picked up in the bike lane that gave me a new spoke hole in that mm, wheel. Oh, wow. All the way perfectly, through the rim, huh? Well, into the rim, but not through the sidewalls, and perfectly between two spoke holes. I'm, I still have those wheels. Uh, but it was just ridiculously perfect. Um, I was, of course, very angry. Uh, and you see a lot of glass, a lot of trash. Um, and it, it's not so much like they don't do enough street sweeping of bike lanes. They don't do enough street sweeping in general, but that's a logistical issue with the city, um, which I can't fault them for. It's always funding and what they need to do. Um, but cars naturally move things to the edges of lanes, mm-hmm. away from where the tread goes. Um, and that just ends up in bike lanes or far right, where a lot of people feel they need to stay as a cyclist. Um, so that's just one critique of it. 
Um, once again, sight lines are better. Um, you're less likely to get hooked if you're further center. Um, someone coming from your right into. Uh, I see cyclists right on the sidewalk too. That's a that's another thing. That's is that a no no? Is that a bad thing? You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. Um, I, I will say it's, if I'm, if I'm being honest with someone, I would say if you feel safer on the sidewalk in a certain part of town, um, say traffic is going too fast, there's too much debris. If, if you feel safer, up don't on get there, killed just don't get to killed. avoid yeah, just the sidewalk. Right right. Exactly. Yeah. Fair. Um, do what you feel is safe though. Understand that it is actually in some cases much easier to get killed on the sidewalk. Sure. Um, more stuff in the way, more pedestrians, I guess. Or, well, yeah. Whatever, somebody's dog or something. I don't know. Well, it's not even that. When I, I tell people, it's like, if you're going to get on the sidewalk, don't go fast on a jogger and be polite. Always. Um, but you have to be mindful of alleys and doors. Mm -hmm. um, doors, of course, self-explanatory alleys. Uh, you should it's be like terrified. stumbling out of the bar, slings the door open. Boom, you got a situation yeah. like you. Oh, well, yeah. People coming out of the alleyways all over the city, they can't see anything until their car yeah. is has, in the sidewalk. True. Is yeah, in yeah. the sidewalk. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you always got to, you've got to assume that there is danger around every door because for every corner, doors and corners, that's how they get you. Uh, because it is. Um, shoulder checks constantly. Always be looking, head on a swivel. Mm. Um, and there's stuff that we, uh, we did a ghost bike uh, for a gentleman that died near the post office downtown. I saw, there's like a little memorial there. There's a bike like chained to the pole. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw that and there's a sign there that said, I forget what it says, but it was something along the lines of so-and-so. It was In memory of the gentleman that, yeah. that died there. Um, that's a really frustrating one. We we did that ghost bike, and we've done several around town. So when you say ghost bike, that's um, what you yeah. mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, a ghost bike is generally a memorial to a cyclist killed, um, usually Ooh, in a traffic accident. Yeah. Dang. Um, Hopefully there's not a bunch of those around the city. Um, well, more than there should be. More, more than, than Well, more I guess any, one is more than there should be. Um, um, and this, this is one. It's a cautionary tale. Uh, the gentleman is on a two-lane road right there. He's heading more or less south to north. Uh, so he's coming along the intersection where the, the big depot and the post office is. I'm sorry, I don't have street names. And uh, a semi was going to make a right turn, and it made the right turn from the left lane. Mm. And so he's in the right lane where he feels he needs to be uh, and is going through. The semi can't see him, and it just crushes him making that right from the left lane, which it has to, to make that corner. Sure, it they have to swing to, wide. They have stuff. to swing wide with very poor visibility. So it's, I mean, there's definitely fault to be talked about, but it's just tragic because you oh, understand, man, you awful. see what happened. It just, it's just terrible. Um, but it's things like this that you ride every day in a city and you, you come to understand that there are, you're always invisible. And I don't know. You can mitigate your risk through experience. Just now, do you guys offer any kind of like safety course or classes? Something I wanted to talk about, you know, sure. uh, we had the zip bike program that was right. real popular and now it's been replaced by something else. There's uh, another there's bike. Gotcha. Or maybe there's and, way more. Uh, Veo. Gotcha yeah. and Veo. Right. Yeah. What is your opinion about companies like that that just come in and set up shop and you have a bunch of like, I want to say maybe people coming from no out of idea. town that don't ride downtown very right. often, rent a bike. I mean, do you, are I we mean, seeing rip, more accidents? Or? I want to say rip zip because that was a, that was a homebrew operation. Um, and I, I really, man, hindsight being 2020, <laughs> that joke uh, will never get old. Uh, you know, zip ended their five-year pilot program. I'm putting up air quotes on that one uh, right before the pandemic, which is hilarious and tragic. Um, but zip was a, was a docked bike share. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's scooters and bikes 
everywhere. Yeah. We have them parked out front of our warehouse, exactly. which is like nowhere anywhere mm-hmm. near. Oh, where, I see the scooters parked everywhere. Where People they just leave be. them all over the place. Yeah, um, I literally. So I was on the lake, not Lake Shore, uh, <laughs> First Avenue uh, Trail, heading towards um, Avondale, and I was on the section that's paved. So we're you know past the Rotary Trail, but you know before getting to back forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in just a dark enough section that there's a scooter tipped over on its side such that I just have to run over the the steering pole. <laughs> I just have to go over it. And like, if I didn't have anything loaded on my bike, I could hop it. I could not hop it. So I get my front wheel over it and I just wipe out right there. And you know, I'm not going to stop. I don't care about the scooter. I'm just, but it, they're all over the place. Yeah. Um, and this is to Zip's credit, they had the docking stations everywhere that kept it very clear where you get them, where you can go, which I love. The dockless bike share, and this is just my opinion, um, just because human nature being what it is, anything that gets more people riding, I love. But it doesn't really seem to be compatible with how considerate and polite most people are. That's a very eloquent way of saying it. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I see a lot of these bikes, and I've always just want. We haven't actually rented them. We've gone to other like Nashville and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and rented bikes and stuff, and it's fun. But Nashville's pretty crazy. You know, we were riding around there yeah. on the little scooters and stuff. Oh, I should go to New York and do the city bike thing. That's <sighs> super dude. Fun. I don't know about that. Um, that's like follow, that's hard mode. I follow a guy from. He was from Birmingham, somewhere around here, and he moved to New York, became a bike messenger. But he streams his stuff on Twitch. Godspeed to him. And so, like, every morning... You can see him get killed on Twitch one day. Yeah, well, every morning he's riding around New York just, like, picking up people's Uber Eats orders. But, man, that city, I would never do it. You know, if you watch those videos, and this is this is one of those things where I hope with the pandemic and more people riding, we get more people commuting downtown and just riding in general. Um, because if you watch those videos of people riding in New York, you'll see the cyclists do things that seem insane right and very dangerous but the drivers are also used to it yes everyone is watching for what everyone else is going to do it's an ecosystem um we're not quite there in birmingham so there are things that are unpredictable that can happen stop and put your hand on somebody's car like get off my car what are you doing yeah yeah. Yeah. or you sketch a bus and everyone's gonna look at you like you're insane and don't sketch a bus don't sketch a bus don't sketch a bus ever (laughs) dude well that's epic um so what's the future of redemptive any any anything new coming big events Jousting to the death. Right. Step Public joust will continue to happen <laughs> okay. for the rest of eternity because it's a force of nature. Um, just going to keep doing the good thing, mm-hmm. I think. Um, like to give more bikes away. More butts on bikes is kind of the thing. Yeah. More butts on bikes. That's good. Um, nope. No hard plans to, to share. Um, more butts on bikes is always good. Growing the shop and growing the organization. Um, expanding our advocacy for cycling in general in Birmingham. Um, I would like to... And, you know, maybe through grant writing and whatever it takes to get there, I'd like to see more involvement with um, kids, uh, getting more disadvantaged children onto bicycles in Birmingham. You know, it's just like every dealer says, get them young. Uh, get them hooked. Get them hooked. Um, but there are a lot of kids out there that, you know. They maybe don't have access to a decent bike. Yeah. No, maybe about it. They don't have access to a decent bike or a, a way to maintain it. So I'd like to see programs like that pop up. And I would love for Redemptive to, to do that. Um, that's a, a hope and dream of, of mine. Are other shops there. doing this kind of like approach to biking that Redemptive's doing? Or, I mean, not to pick on any of the shops that are like all for profit, but like, do you see any other kind of like giving back to the community, in the, at least in the way that you guys are doing? You're the first organization I've heard of that's doing like a 
earn a bike program or the whole um, or the most referred, the sliding scale the most referred when trying to get a new bike is dude yeah i started asking around everybody's like redemptive man they're the way they go solid dudes go there they're all you guys definitely have an excellent reputation Uh, i mean beachy was around beachy co-op are they still around well i remember hearing about them in college they had the little blue stickers basically Um, baker's dozen is the last vestigial yeah and um, i think they still have a trailer too they did you know they had a concrete space in highland there for a while and then they were at make beham and now I think they just have a trailer. Just disbanded it a yeah, little bit, yeah. or maybe not. Um, as... I still see some of the, the faces that used to work there and hang out, um, but no, I hadn't really talked to them recently. Cool. But they were around, and they, they did an earn a bike there for a while, and they were a, a community bike space there for, for a minute. That's awesome. Any other big races coming in the future or, or anything like that? Or I mean, I know I see, like, um, you know, the guys from Domestique, they, uh, they're involved with a lot of different racing and stuff all over the country, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I didn't know if you guys have seen like a, a this year is biking growing in your opinion? Do you, are you seeing no. more people getting into it? I mean, obviously we attribute a lot of that to the pandemic, mm. but not at the expo- popularity in general. Yeah, not at the exponential rate that the pandemic had. But I mean, like just everything that was moving and shaking your body was like insanely yeah. growth. Um, but yeah, more more folks are getting involved. Yeah, I'd say and more interest in cycling. For sure. There are more group rides. People are getting more serious about the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, people are getting more unserious in the way I'm unserious about it, but just, you know, riding bikes for fun and stuff and to get around. Um, you definitely see more people out. Um, whether or not the momentum is going to keep up is entirely up to, A, people being out there and staying, staying on the city council and such uh, to get infrastructure done. They've got the complete streets plan that they're working on. Um, and what is that? It is a plan with the city of Birmingham to massively expand um, micro mobility and alternative means of transportation, like bike lanes and such. Um, okay, so just getting more bike lanes made. And exactly, stuff like, that. Um, like the extension of the flex lane program. Uh, I hope I said that right. Flex lane. I think it's yeah. flex lane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on twentieth, um, further down twentieth, stuff like that, which is essentially a, a bike lane, um, kind of. Uh, just seeing more infrastructure improvements for. Um, anyone that gets around in in a way that isn't a car. So that's not just cyclists. It's people on the motor scooters um, or the kick scooters, electric scooters. You know what I mean? The motor scooters. Um, people on one wheels, people on roller skates. Um, these are all uh, viable means of getting around downtown. Um, and just no city is really, at least no city in America is really built for them. So all we can do is our best. And all that takes time. But I, I can assure you that Birmingham is working on it. So I'm excited about the next five years. Anything big planned with the city walk thing for biking in general? I know we got the skate park coming. We've talked mm-hmm. about that a few times on other episodes, but there's a pump track coming to yeah. uh, to the skate park. Yeah, I understand. So that's be more BMX oriented. Yeah, I was BMX about to say, is cycling. So, um, but as far as like the walking trails and stuff that go throughout the park, are those? I guess you could ride on those on your bike. And... I I don't know offhand if they're going to be bike friendly or not. Um, yeah, no idea. It's it's like the rotary trail. If you're familiar, you're not supposed to be on a bike on there. Really? At all. It's on the side. Uh, news to me. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like the Vulcan Trail. They don't particularly like, I mean. I was told not to ride a bike on the Vulcan Trail before, too. Okay. Yeah, and it, okay. that's not like strictly enforced, but I definitely know folks in the Parks Department that have expressed displeasure at cyclists on the Vulcan Trail. Um, the, but the Rotary Trail, man, that's like you're off the road. Yeah, you've got a straight, you... clear-cut path all the way. I mean, it's great well, for skateboarding. it gets back to people being considerate. Don't go fast on a jogger. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. yeah. That's true. 
stuff like that. I um, guess if I had my dog run over by a cyclist that wasn't paying attention, I'd be a little upset. I tell you what, the memes and stuff on the internet, <laughs> at least the ones I follow, they are not kind oh, to no. cyclists. Oh no. No, there's Dude. like this irrational anger oh, that my just gosh. elicits. Dude, there was this one I saw that made me laugh so hard. It was like from Animal Crossing and uh <laughs> it's like cyclists right before they go out to ignore every law of the road and it's a character for animal crossing looking at himself in the mirror he's like i am a car (laughs) and just i don't know some of the pages i follow they've got it out for i guess they live in bigger cities where you know cycling could be more of a nuisance i guess if you're not in the scene what's it like a uh, shithead Steve. Yes, I was about to say, yeah, 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 yeah. He, dude, he did that a is rip. who I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> yes. He he had somebody come across. Whoever manages that meme page, literally, it's like every other one. He's he's making fun of. Like, yeah, yeah. cyclists. Well, it was like he he caught like so much reaction from that. He's like, oh, let's, let's do it yeah. again. Yes, it's making bucks. Let's go. <laughs> he had one of uh, William Defoe from the Spider. That was a recent one from uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Mm-hmm. He like haphazardly cropped a helmet and glasses on him. It's the scene where he's like choking the scientist, right? Yeah. He turns into the goblin, and there's uh, something about like you have to ride in the bike lane. A, a cyclist, when he's told he has to ride in the bike lane, right. it's like not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, I don't or, know. It's funny. Or like, uh, oh man, uh, Bobby from King of the Hill, where he's taking like he's outside of the classroom. He's got the right, poster. Right, yeah. It's like it's a stop sign, and it's like, man, those cyclists would be real angry if they could think read. if they could read. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny you bring that up. But uh, I was like, man, somebody on that account, he got wronged by a bike or something. 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 Well, there are, I mean, it's, I mentioned earlier, like if you're cycling in Birmingham, you have all the rights and obligations of a, of a car, which, you know, means, you know. But maybe people are ignorant to that. Oh, like, absolutely. Get so out of the road, you some moron. Of, some of the police in the city are ignorant to it. Really? Uh, I've had police officers tell me to get on the sidewalk, and I'm just like, I'm not going to argue with you, but that's not right. Right. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Um, or. I, had like, where, I, I was told by, uh, oh man, a cop down by Regents Field that like during yeah, a game that. day that was like. Where's your, where's your safety vest and everything? Yeah. And where's, where's your high vis? Where's your PT belt? What, what? Your PT belt. Where's my PT belt? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I was, like, I was like, I don't need that. And he's like, you do need that. And I was like, okay. So I read back to the shop and I printed out every cycling law in the state of Alabama. Did you keep like, it in your wallet? No, no. And then I rode back up there and I was like, here, here you're you that much of a, oh, dude. I was like, here you go, shithead. I fully supported this. I was like, Godspeed. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to ride back to the shop, print out all the laws, bring it back to this person. It was only a block, so it was worth oh, it. Okay. It was absolutely worth it. That's funny, man. Well, there, there are things that can be done. It's just like equal rights, equal fights, but no fight between a car and a bike is ever going to be equal. So yeah. how do we, what do we do about that? And there's there's a thing called the Idaho Stop that I love to death and I wish should be in all 50 states. Are you all familiar with this? The Idaho Stop? Yeah, it's called the Idaho Stop. It's no, I've not heard of it. It's a, it's a law enacted in Idaho in, I don't know the year offhand, 70s or 80s, something like that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I turned away from the mic. No, you're good. Um, so what it is, briefly is that cyclists can treat stop signs as yield signs and stoplights as stop signs and this makes a lot of sense for traffic flow um and for the way that cyclists use the roads and it keeps them moving when cars are stopped um so think about it you come to a stop light there's a line of cars Uh, they have to wait ideally and they should Uh, they got ac of course they should wait um, but a cyclist could, of course, go to the right, go ahead, have ample time to look left and right, and then, seeing that there's no one oncoming, they can go ahead and get ahead of the line of cars. Um, so they don't have to be in the line, splitting the line of cars up. They don't have cars trying to go around them, uh, either ob- observing or not observing the three-foot law, uh, which is another one. You get a lot of close calls and passes. Um, 
just so everyone knows, if you're passing a cyclist in the city of Birmingham, you need to stay at least three feet away from them. Please, please, please. Um, and then, of course, with uh, stop signs being yield signs, since cyclists are not going 30 miles an hour, they can come to a slow rolling stop. They can check their visibility. And if no one is oncoming, they can simply go. Less likely getting hit by a cyclist is going to destroy your, if you're in a vehicle, you know, going to kill you or, you know, anything like that. So yeah, and it, it starts the conversation of the equal rights, equal fights. The fights are not equal. So maybe the laws need to be adjusted a little bit. And hopefully it's to make everything more egalitarian yeah. to keep everyone safer. Yeah. That's something to think about. Well, I tip my hat for, to you gentlemen for riding around downtown. I, I go skate and stuff sometimes, but I'm usually on a sidewalk and out of the street and, uh, yeah, it just seems dangerous. Get yeah. killed. I mean, <laughs> I've I've had wrecks too. I've I haven't been hit by a bus. I've been doored, which <laughs> hit is by a bus. Sorry, yeah. I got I got hit by a door and split my bicep like a great. Awesome. Oh, just somebody just opened the door on you while you're riding. Oh by? yeah, it was uh, it's happened real fast. I was just going a uh, fair clip. I was going at least 13, 14 miles an hour, which is not like enormously fast. But this was through five points, and then all of a sudden, truck door opens. I'm Boom. flipping through midair. Thank goodness I had my backpack on because it probably saved my back because I rolled over it. Uh, and then I was, the only reason I, I mean, it happened, it was perfect, but I was getting basically chased by a really aggressive, uh, I remember white Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, and my immediate thought is adrenaline filled my brain is like, I'm going to land in the road and this thing is going to run me over. Oh. And I, I didn't even remember it passing me. I don't know where it went. I don't know. It just disappeared. You um, got to get off in the woods, man. That's, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, oh crazy. So bad. Um, to their credit, uh, the the gentleman that that was responsible for it was a, an absolute sweetheart. Everything went perfectly. Everything was done correctly. Everyone was fine. Everything's yeah. good. The accidents happen. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I, I uh, we got to talk about the Dutch Reach. Everything is a teachable moment. Uh, that's a, that's another one for the audience. The Dutch Reach is if you park a car, um, consider opening the door with your right hand, because it forces you to turn. Mm and engage your peripheral vision. Ah, okay. Um, and if the I Dutch are doing it, I see where you're going with that. It's got to be good for cyclists Dude, if the, the Dutch, Dutch do it. man. They're the smart ones. Instead of just like Ken Block kicking your door open, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm going to close my eyes and just sling the door open. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> Did I kill anybody? I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about all this. Stuff. But then the new Teslas, they come out, they'll take your head off. Man. <laughs> man. Uh, no, that's honestly, that's it's conversations that have been had. Uh, that the way those doors open and uh, are they called gullwing doors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in like general, the DeLorean doors. Or yeah, those things Thanks for cyclists are terrifying. You should be actually terrified of those because yeah. if it's at dude, the right that's space level, man, neck level. Oh, dude, <laughs> you're getting get decapitated. decapitated. Yeah, <laughs> that would not be good. Uh, Head on a swivel. Crazy. Assume no one can see you and everything is trying to kill you. If you just stay in that incredibly tense mindset. It's great. So yeah, you get to enjoy biking. your ride. It's great. Oh, my God. So I asked this question earlier. Do you guys offer any kind of, like, safety classes or a course or something? The, the, the closest we've done, and that's an excellent idea. Um, you know, just to learn the hand signals and stuff. Right? No, yeah. Just um, all that. I think that is a great idea and something that is sorely needed and a, a vacuum that can be filled. We've offered uh, learning to ride a bike as an adult classes, which is sort of like that. And in a very real way, coming to the trample is that. Okay. Um, because it is an excellent opportunity to introduce yourself to group rides. Um, and Probably a little like, safer being in a big group yeah, versus out yes. by yourself, too. And, of sure. course, we have our cork team to keep everyone together. It's a swept ride, so we have someone at the back to make sure no one is left behind. Hmm. Um, we give a safety announcement, uh, which goes over things like half-wheeling and shoulder-checking and... Uh, railroad tracks. Railroad tracks. Always yeah, a, always a tea. <laughs> always a tea. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, try to go over a little bit of an angle. <laughs> Dude will suck your wheel up and just, just body slam Dude. you into the pavement. It's oh. awful. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when they're wet, they turn into ice. Sure. It's awful. Um, but I, I would say the closest thing that Birmingham has to that is coming to the trample and learning how to ride with other people, seeing how that can be predictable and unpredictable. Um, and, you know, you get to have a good time and hang out with people. It's good like environment. That. Yeah. Yeah. That absolutely. sounds awesome. Dude, really cool. And that's uh, every Thursday night. Meet at the shop at six. Every Thursday, rain or shine, rain holiday. Or shine. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool, man. Well, earlier we kind of mentioned the, uh, or maybe we didn't talk at length about it, but uh, tell me about the, the whole uh, sliding scale yeah, yeah. payment thing and, and how that works. Well, so sliding scale repair is basically like pay what you can repairs. Um, it's for folks that rely on their bicycles as their main means of transportation. Um, so say that, you know, you bring your bike in and you need $100 worth of work done to your bike and you have $25 to your name um, that you can take and pay. Sorry. Come back when you get it all. Right, right. No, we, don't, <laughs> we, we can't turn people away because like we, you know, uh, transportation equity is very, very important. Everybody deserves to be able to get around at their own pace and sure. like to get where they need to go. Um, but so, yeah, you need $100 worth of work done to your bike. You have $25 to your name you can pay $25 and we'll take and foot the bill for the other $75. Um, and we come up with that through grand writing and the funds that we make through doing repairs and selling bikes and blase skipping. So when you guys aren't repairing bikes, you're, you're working on grant writing and, and getting funding all that way. Things. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Easy task. Got to yeah. pull, pull in all the money yeah. that we can. Yes. Uh, who does your, um, how many grants do you guys get? And and how do you apply for those grants? And I, that's a whole ball game, man. I can't it's, imagine. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, I, I wish our executive director um, Olivia Hart were here to answer that question. She she would have better numbers. Sounds like do. more of a uh, executive director position. Yes. yes. Task. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Not having um, Taylor. Hey, when you get done putting that bike tire on, I really need you to just edit, start writing this grant. Jump over in uh, Microsoft Word and get that hammered out. Yeah. Uh, well, having exposure to the the concept uh, of grant writing is, is one of the cool things about the organization and, and working there because we're passionate about bikes, but we're also all passionate about helping people. And that's that's why we're there. And um, the nonprofit sector is a, is a great way to do that. Um, and I cannot imagine a better situation in Birmingham for someone who cares about both of those things to, yeah. to have that experience in both directions. Um, grants and such were harder to get during the pandemic, uh, which is why the bike boom was um, so incredibly fortunate particularly for a shop such as ours. Um, a lot of shops believe it or not closed in 2020, um, not just due to government mandates, but due to not being able to get product to sell. Sure. And if they didn't anticipate the boom, like you said, some of the bike manufacturers even were like, well, we're not going to sell any bikes. Let's just close this thing down. Um, mm -hmm. And then maybe if you're a shop owner, I don't know. I'm just jumping it. You know, oh, I mean, guessing. Um, I know we were talking about sliding scale, but the, uh, part of the the challenge of 2020 as a bike shop is there was a solid month plus or minus some number of weeks that you couldn't get tubes whoa like tube shortage uh, you couldn't get chains you couldn't get anything well um, i guess we saw that across the whole economy you know it's just like everything came mm -hmm. to a halt yeah. and that was that was the huge challenge um and i i cannot overstate how proud i am of, of everyone that works in the shop um I've said it before and I'll say it again, in a time when it was harder than ever to find a bike, we continued to find bikes to give away. Um, it's just something I'm going to be proud of for the rest of my That's life. That's very impressive, man, especially the, the sheer number that you're doing, even on a good year, um, you know, just making sure that you can meet that demand 
uh, for bikes and stuff. Have you guys seen that demand grow or, or stay the same or shrink in any way um, as the city seems to be growing and, and bike culture seems to be growing? Um, uh, gr- growth in, in every direction. It would be hard to quantify which sectors, uh, be it, you know, hobbyists and new cyclists versus like sliding scale, what we call clients, um, people that rely on bikes for transportation. It would be hard to quantify the growth in any direction. I'm sure I could sit down with the numbers and do it. Um, but I have seen growth in every direction. There's just generally more people riding bikes. Sure. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, that's always good. Absolutely. Um, I will say the sliding scale program is for anyone that relies on a bicycle for transportation. I got 10 bucks and I need some new tires. Yeah. The the, the only hard line... If you own a car, uh, mm, mm, sorry, uh, I'm a big old softy though, so you could probably talk me into it. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's not. I mean, we we exist very specifically for homeless outreach, but also broadly cycling advocacy for anyone uh, that cycles in Birmingham. So you know, low income students, mm-hmm. anyone that needs the help, yeah, we're, we're just here to help. Awesome. Like I said, I got ten bucks. I'm gonna come in and. Uh, Give me new helmets. He's gonna gloves. show up in his brand new Tacoma. <laughs> uh, I'll trade you a camera. His bike. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, yeah, sure. But that's awesome, man. That's a really cool thing that you guys are doing. Um, the whole organization sounds really rad, and it's really cool that you guys came and talked to us. And yeah, definitely. No, thank told you so us more about what you guys do, and, and if somebody wanted to come volunteer or get more involved with you guys, what's the best way to reach out and become a part of the redemptive movement that you guys have going on? Uh, I mean, as simple as, like, literally just showing up to the shop anytime that we're open, yeah. Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 6, well, 10 to 5 on Saturdays, but um, literally just show up. And, you know, with the volunteering, it doesn't have to be a commitment that I'm going to be here four hours helping, or I don't know how to work on a bike. I'd say I have zero experience. uh, That, like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, well, no, just come down. We'll teach you how to do as much as you want to learn to do and help. Um, And it can be everything from 30 minutes on your lunch break to I want to be here all day or I'm going to volunteer for an entire week. Um, It's it's that simple. Yeah, Yeah, that's so cool. Come hang. Well, that's awesome, guys. Thank you guys so much for coming and, and telling us about Redemptive and, um, I don't know, just talking about bikes and stuff. And uh, we'll try to get you guys back on. We will see sure. you at the Joust. Or at the yes. Joust, yeah. We will yeah, yeah. be there. Yeah, the blood fest that is the Joust. Dude, you guys are going to love it. I mean, it's, it's yeah, amazing. It's, it's it super literally fun. amazing. Um, and it, uh, obviously, if anyone out there wants to, to know more about the organization, we do have a website uh, at redemptivecycles.com. I think there's an, a .org up as well. Uh, but a Google search for Redemptive Cycles will take you where you need to go. Cool. Um, and all the normal social medias. We've got Instagram, Facebook, best way to find out what we're doing. Um, and I, I will say, like, if anyone out there has a, a rust bucket or maybe not so rust bucket sitting in their garage, sitting in the weeds in the back, anything in any condition can help the mission. Um, if you want it to live a productive life, we will do our best to do that.